Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. Spooky season is indeed upon us and I'm going to be checking out some scary films. I will also be posting a poll later this month that will give you guys a chance to decide what one of the movies I watch will be. So look out for that. We are continuing our theme with the 2023 fantasy horror film, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. This is kind of like a modern day Frankenstein story. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. A young guy is chasing after some guys and gets shot by them. He falls to the ground dead. This is Chris. Well, this was Chris. A teenage girl stands over him. This is his sister, Vicaria. She drags his body off frame, and we hear a voiceover of her saying, death is a disease. She says she heard her mother's heart stop when she was just eight years old. She was outside, and her mother was holding her, and a stray bullet hit her. After her mother died, the disease, as she refers to death, moved on to her brother Chris, who grew up, to gangbang and get shot. She says her dad started showing symptoms of the disease once her brother died. He started using substances. He now works two jobs to support the both of them and Vicaria goes to a prep school, so that ain't cheap. He's basically a functioning addict. Actually, that's not really a thing. It always catches up. To her, Death is the disease that broke up her family, and she's tired of seeing it. Her hypothesis? If death is a disease, then there is a cure, and she's going to find it. Vicaria is on her way to school when she bumps into one of her neighbors, Jada, who is technically the sister of her brother's girlfriend, who is pregnant. Huh? Chris died with the baby on the way. Another lost black father. This is feeling more like a drama, horror, fantasy film. Emphasis on the drama. Little Jada's nickname for Vicaria is the Mad Scientist. They talk about the body snatcher who has been grave robbing. I wonder who that is. They're walking through the neighborhood, and you can clearly see that the local gang kind of runs things. Jada is quizzing Vicaria on the periodic table, and the girl is hitting it on all cylinders. This girl is wicked smart. Vicaria sends Jada home and visits an abandoned building where she has clearly put her own lock on it. We don't know what's going on in there, but she's definitely hiding something. Vicaria's in class at her prep school, and she is the only ethnic black girl. The teacher's reviewing a lesson, and Vicaria is basically finishing her sentences, which, granted, is a little annoying. The teacher is discussing cancer and Vicaria goes on this whole spiel about how cancer is a symptom. The real disease is death. And they're going back and forth, having a little like petty back and forth argument. Then the teacher mispronounces her name. I think she says Vicaria or something. Vicaria corrects her. The teacher goes, you know what? I just call you Vicky. Pause. How are you just going to rename me like it's 1600 and I just got off a boat or something? Well, Vicaria has a comeback. If you're going to call me whatever you want from now on, 
I'm just gonna refer to you as Miss Shots fired. Teacher gets very upset and she's called security. Security comes in. She's like, get her out of my class. Vicaria doesn't wanna leave her seat. So the security guard makes her leave her seat by force, like excessive force. Throws her to the ground, cracks her glasses lens and handcuffs her in the middle of class. Where does she go to school? Shawshank? Her dad gets called in for a meeting with the teacher. Your daughter has a very disturbing obsession. What obsession? And he reads her for filth. He supports and encourages his daughter to think outside the box. What you need to do, ma'am, is to teach. That's your job. And the security better not touch his daughter again. I know that's right. We finally see her working in her lab. And I kind of want to unsee it. She's dissecting and sewing together pieces of skin. She's really getting into it, like kind of enjoying it. Like she even has a little bit of a mad scientist type of laugh as she's exploring and cutting the different parts of the body. I'm a little disturbed. You see that she's adding new skin to her brother's decomposing body. That night she's home and she hears shooting outside. She ducks for cover, the police arrive, and she goes out to investigate. She comes upon the paramedics trying to revive little Jerome, a boy from around the neighborhood that she knows. I mean, he's gotta be like, what, 10 maybe, 11? They're using the defibrillators to pump his heart. And it seems like he's gonna come through, but then he's gone. She watches him pass away. This lights a fire under Vicaria and she returns to her lab more determined to defeat death. She has all kind of makeshift contraptions and tools in her shop, and she's doing, putting it all together, connects the cables to, I guess, the main power source to the whole neighborhood, and flips the switch. Chris has revived back to life. He reaches out and touches her arm, which leaves some burn marks later. But he wasn't intentionally trying to hurt her. She guides him out into the street where they run into Curtis, another member of the gang. He freaks out and pulls out a gun on both of them. And Zombie Chris does not like that. He reaches out and strangles Curtis to near death, which scares Vicaria. And she runs back to her lab. Zombie Chris returns back to the lab and she locks him inside the building and returns home. The next morning, she is scooped up by a couple of the gang members and brought to the leader, Kango. They want the details on their fallen comrade, Curtis. They know she knows something. But Vicaria ain't no snitch. But see, now me and you, we got a problem. Because you know you don't up, right? She now has to work for them. Vicaria is at Jada in Aisha's house. So Aisha is Jada's sister, and Aisha is also Chris's girlfriend who is pregnant. Just wanna make sure that you guys are following that. Jada starts talking about her imaginary friend, Chris, which gets Vicaria's attention. Vicaria questions about him and who he is, and Jada's like, yeah, we talk. And she points to a hole in the wall. The hole leads into the next door abandoned apartment. But before Vicaria gets a chance to go check it out, Jamal, one of the gang members, scoops her up. I do not like this dude, okay? He overly aggressive for no reason. And he slapped her, like she little, relax. 
Kango tells Jamal to follow her. So Jamal follows her to where she goes to the abandoned house to look for her zombie brother, Chris. Chris attacks Jamal, scares Vicaria. She screams, distracting Chris, so Jamal survives. But he's got burn marks on his neck. Vicaria is terrified of zombie Chris, and she locks herself in her house. The next day, Vicaria and Donald, by the way, her dad's name is Donald, go over to Jada, Aisha, Freeman, and their mother and eat dinner. The thing that connects these two families together is the unborn child in Aisha's belly. They start talking about the system, culture, etc. They end up enjoying their dinner and having a nice family moment. While Vicaria is out of the house, her dad, Donald, comes home and finds zombie Chris in his old room. He is so happy and elated to see him until Chris turns and he sees his face and he realizes, whoa, you're, no, you're not Chris. I don't know what you are. Chris doesn't respond well to this and he ends up killing his dad with his hands, leaving burn marks on his neck. Vicaria goes to see Kango, the gang leader, and says, I'm done. I'm out. Jamal gets a call from the hospital telling him that their boy Curtis, he ain't make it, bruh. Well, somebody's got to pay. And Jamal is out for blood, and he wants it to be Vicaria's. Kango steps in, tells him, no, leave her alone. We're not doing this. Jamal turns on him and ends up cutting him in the shoulder with a machete. That's something I'm used to seeing in the Caribbean. I'm going to see your credentials, Jamal. Vicaria runs home to find her dad deceased. And then Jamal shows up with his machete. He is ready to duke out some revenge. But Kangol manages to stop him or delay him long enough for Chris to come and handle Jamal with his own machete. Vicaria and Kangol run into a room and lock the door. The two of them decide to team up to stop Chris. Vicaria climbs out the window and heads to her lab so she can get things set up. Kangol manages to grab a piece of essential equipment that she needs. He stays alive long enough to bring it to her lab before... Vicaria finds little Jada in her lab, so she makes sure to protect her and keep her away as she flips the switch when Chris enters, electrocuting him and sending him back to the grave. He's gone. Now let's talk about that blood all over Jada. Turns out it ain't even hers. Chris had gone back to her house to embrace his family, but they didn't recognize him. And he lost control, murked everybody but Jada. Jada takes her back to the house where she sees for herself what Chris has done. But Jada isn't phased. She's like, just bring them back like you did Chris. But Chris didn't really come back. He came back different. But then Jada makes her realize that Everyone here is freshly deceased. So she takes Aisha's body back to the lab and her and Jada flip the switch and bring Aisha back. She asks her a couple of questions. What's your name? Do you know where you are? Just to make sure that it was really her. And after she confirms that Aisha is back as her old self, they celebrate. And she brought back the baby in her belly, who starts kicking. Aisha goes, hey, where's the rest of our family? Vicario gives her a smile, and she says, they'll be here soon. Roll credits. My thoughts. 
this was such a great premise on life, death, and the fear of a loss and how the obsession of not being able to let go can literally destroy you. If I'm being honest, I found the issues and the real life drama of their circumstances to be much scarier than the monster. To be fair, he is a representation of the consequences. This also felt a little like Pet Cemetery, where she was able to bring back Chris, but he didn't come back the same. It really wasn't him. Even if you could bring back someone, you cannot bring back the soul, the essence of who they are. But that's another conversation for a different type of video. The color red is prevalent in Vicario's world. It is the gang's trademark color. It is the color of the walls in her house, in her room. I feel like it expresses both the blood and the loss of her family and what the gang has contributed. Vicaria herself only wears the color red twice. Once in the beginning when she was standing over her brother's body. And the second time was when she's brought to Kangle's house and she's wearing a red Hawaiian shirt. This is when they force her to literally start working for them. It symbolizes her role now in the death cycle. Every time a member of the gang loses someone, they tie a red bandana around the pole to commemorate their fallen friend. When Jamal grabs Vicaria to bring her back to Kangle's house, he is literally wearing a shirt that says, in loving memory of Jerome, with a picture of the little boy that died right in front of Vicaria. He had literally just joined up with the gang and did not make it to see his next birthday. This reality, as horrible as it seems, is the norm for them. Let's talk about this disrespectful teacher. The teacher doesn't even want to take the time or the effort to properly know her name or how to say her name. She is not important to her in that aspect. And then gonna tell her, I'll just call you a different name. That's not how that works. Now, if they agreed that, oh, you can just call me Vicky, that's one thing. But you opt in to change her name to suit you? Get out of here. I respect teachers and the hard work it takes to teach students. But this one, she seemed bothered by Vicaria's intelligence and theories. She should have been working to cultivate her gift, not smother it. All right, all right. I know her gift led to her creating a murderous monster. But you know what I mean? At the dinner table, Aisha and Vicaria had gotten into a little bit of a disagreement. They're at odds. Vicaria is focused on removing death as a factor for their community, that they'll thrive. Aisha says that won't fix the problem. They're still going to be trapped by the system. The same system that has taken their name, their identity, their culture, and pits them against each other, attacking each other. I am not going to get on my soapbox about the erasure of education or the lack of depth in some of the popular music of today or the increased division amongst all of us. Moving on. The movie makes a point of expressing the contributing factors of how things are. It's not just one thing. It's many. We can't pretend that the 80s didn't wreck us. The introduction of substances into the neighborhoods tore up whole families. We are still feeling the effects today. I've lost close ones to it. As zombie Chris at the end takes his last recycled breath, I guess you could say, before he finally returns back to the grave, Jada asks what happened to him. Vicaria says they called him a monster. 
So he saw himself as one. He believed it. Every time Chris has flipped out in the movie and murked somebody, it is because they haven't embraced him or have seen him as a monster or treated him as such. You treat me like a beast and I'll react like one. Have we not seen it? Perception is not always reality, but many times it's treated as such. I know this was a heavy one, guys. A drama horror fantasy film. Emphasis on the drama. With all that being said, how do you guys feel about the movie? Do you like it? If you haven't seen it, are you interested in seeing it now? I know I didn't cover everything, but that's what the comment section is for. Let's talk about it. If you enjoyed hanging out with me, please hit that like button, subscribe, and ring that notification bell so you can always stay up to date on what's going on. Like the poll that I'm going to be putting out later on this month that lets you vote on one of the scary movies that I watch. We're also on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Links are in the description. We've got more scary movies to come. <laughs> See you guys next week. Later.